Welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Ball. My co-host is Justin Baker. He joins me now. Now. Just now. <laughs> like, was that the signal to yeah, go? That was the bat signal. Yeah. Uh, and on today's show, we're going to talk Atlantic Division preview. Uh, we know the Atlantic Division, along with the rest of the NHL, has already begun playing games. And uh, that's fine because... They've they've given us a couple games to kind of you know maybe get a an early view early vibe of some of these teams. So uh, we're just going to keep going through our previews here early. It's kind of an it is nice. I've found that it's it's been a little nice seeing these teams play a little bit here early on. Gives us a good glimpse. So uh, we are on part two of the Atlantic Division. We already did the Buffalo Sabers, Tampa Bay Lightning, and the Montreal Canadiens. So up next, the Ottawa Senators, the Florida Panthers, and the Boston Bruins in no particular order. Uh, Justin, how are you? First of all, you know, I'm, how, I'll specifically how how's the hockey watching been going so far this year in this season? Oh my goodness, it's been great. I mean, so I I will tell you, and especially for our our five listeners uh, who maybe don't know. I got to go to the Red Wings home opener this past week, and my nephew played in between the periods, doing a little shootout, um, which was fantastic. I mean, I, I did actually, he score? He didn't score because so they did like a shootout thing between they went blue line the blue line okay. blue line yeah. basically, but the goaltender like after the first shot, my cousin went like or my nephew went like uh, seventh or eighth in line on, on the team, but uh, after like the first or second shot, the goalie basically just laid there on the ground, spread eagle doing nothing and so none of these kids at none of these kids at five and six years old really know how to lift the puck that well okay. um, you know so it was Dude, just like some nobody was scoring. dick hole dad told his <laughs> right. kid just lay there just lay there son exactly <laughs> yeah i mean it's the same concept why not you know i don't i can't believe no team's ever tried this why not just get a sumo wrestler and put him in net dude why not yeah yeah i mean what's stopping you <sighs> yeah I, I'm someone's going to think of it some sometime. I guarantee it. I mean, uh, I'm sure every 11 year old has that's ever played hockey's thought about it once or twice. Right? Yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure that's about when the first time I thought about it. But <laughs> well, uh, I guess this is this is a lesson for your nephew that he needs to learn how to raise the puck. Yeah. I, Can uh, you just get him the most wicked curve you've ever seen? I should because you know I actually thought about that after. Uh, I, I, I leaned over to my, my wife and, and made a little comment. She's like, who the frick is Matt Murray? I was just like, man, you know what? These these kids should be going high glove like, you know, <laughs> Montreal did on Matt Murray the other night. And I was just like, oh, wait, you don't know who that is. Uh-huh. So, well, future Hall of Famer, Matt face. Murray. Oh, boy. He'll uh, win his third and fourth Stanley Cup here in the next couple of years. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, let's dive in. We we'll start with either Boston or Florida. We'll sandwich uh, we'll sandwich the Canadian team in between the two American cities. Which which team would you like to fire off the show with? Man, you know what? I let's start off with the team that I'm most interested out of these three to watch this season, and that's the Boston Bruins. Okay, I, I'm actually I'm I'm intrigued as to why you say that because I was I was like oh okay he's gonna say the Florida Panthers I was clicking over to the to my tab uh, <laughs> I did not you said the Boston Bruins uh, you know explain yourself well first off I, I'm traditionally a Boston hater right I I've never been a huge fan of the Bruins I even like when they won their Lone Cup in 2011 was it 
Uh, I was rooting for the Sedin Twins the whole way. And Roberto I think Lowell everybody felt. was except for Bruins fans. Yeah, like, absolutely. I think everyone wanted to see Vancouver win that series. Never been a huge Brad Marchand fan and still am not. However, this team intrigues me because, one, they've got, you know, Brad Marsh is out. Charlie Mc, you know, McAvoy is out. Um, they've got a, a plenty of injuries there up front. I'm intrigued to see how the, the David Pasta negotiations go over the course of the year and if anything plays out there. And then not only that, but just the swan song of having David Krejci back has been kind of interesting for me. So um, I'm intrigued to see what this team can do as far as, you know, keeping the ship afloat as everybody's been calling it. And uh, so, you know, we know what Florida is and we know what they're going to bring to the table. And, but for me, this team's a little bit more interesting just because of the injuries at foot right now. Well, the injuries, but also the fact that, I mean, how many other teams have, what, six, seven, eight, nine UFAs at the end of the year? Well, right. uh, now, some of those are, are you know, they're, they're bottom, bottom pairing, bottom six guys, but... Pasternak, of course, the biggest one. I mean, he's going to get uh, over under ten point five million. What do you think? I'm going over. I think yeah. he's going to get uh, an Artemi Panarin type deal. I agree, especially you know the the caps going up. There's and you know what really makes this year probably more interesting than anything else is the fact that this is Patrice Bergeron's last year. This is it. I don't think he's coming back. I I. I think he's alluded to the fact that this is this is his swan song. Him and Krejci are going for it one more time together. And, I, I mean, the Bruins should and need to be doing everything they can to support that and, and set them up to try and win because this is it right here. I mean, after this year, are the Bruins going to be bad? No, but the Bruins are certainly going to go into a place where nobody likes to be, and that's like, wild card borderline playoff team and generally that spells it's time to to rip this thing down and and start well, over. And that's the other thing too right so even if you know maybe david Krejci comes back another year he's 36 this year patisse bergeron 37 so these guys are you know they're probably gonna retire um like you said bergeron i, I do think he's gonna retire after this year and david Krejci, even if he does somehow decide to come back i don't know why he would but um you know, again, they don't have anybody in the pipeline. They don't have anybody in the works to take over as, you know, their top two centermen. So if you're David Pasternak, and that's another reason why I think this team is so intriguing this year. If you're Pasta, why would you want to resign knowing that there's going to be nobody to center you for the next, you know, eight years of your deal? So I don't know if maybe Boston's got some glorious plan to just sit there and salivate over Ryan O'Reilly and say, okay, cool, he's going to be a free agent because St. Louis isn't resigning him, and then we're going to go ahead and – get our, you know, poor man's Patisse Bergeron here. So, yeah, that's, I mean, all those things are possible. You know, that's, that's always possible, but I, I just, I, I don't see Patrice or uh, Pasternak not resigning in Boston. It's already in the works there. He's said, I'm open to having conversations all year long. He doesn't care. So I, I think that this is going to be, I doubt they're just going to rip the whole thing down. I mean, you still have Pasternak. You still got Hall for another two years after this. Coil. I mean, there, there's some decent pieces. You could probably retool on the fly here for a minute, um, especially when you consider how good, I mean, A. Marchand and, and McAvoy and uh, 
they they have good goaltending. I I think they can still they'll still be okay. They'll still probably be in the playoff picture. Uh, but it's gonna be uh it's gonna be interesting to see you know how can they move forward from this. Uh, but in particular for this year, to me the the fascinating thing is that this is probably it. So what do the Bruins do that maybe no team in the rest of the league is willing to do because of who's going to leave after this year? That that's what fascinates me most with the Bruins. Okay, and yeah, and they what don't. and what kind of level do we see Bergeron play at? Especially you know, especially as we approach the playoffs, which you know, right now two games into the season. We're not too, you know, we're not too concerned, but I'm just, I'm fascinated. Like the Bruins are probably that team where you're like, nope, don't want to play them in the first round. They've got nothing to lose, but everything to win at the same time. Like they don't get another shot. Whereas all the other teams, you know, you got in the back of your mind, oh, we'll get another shot next year. Um, Maybe outside of the Leafs who uh, there's a lot of people in that organization that aren't going to get another shot if they can't win the division or can't win the first round at least. But uh, what tells you that the Bruins could win a round in the playoffs? What tells me experience? I mean, that's, that's pretty much what it boils down to. I think you, you have guys like uh, Patisse Bergeron, David Krejci who have been there. They've had success in the playoffs, right? I mean, they know what it takes to win, and I think they have just such a good leadership group here. Uh, these guys can get over that hump just on, you know, knowing what it takes to win alone. Now, I mean, going beyond that, if you want to look maybe something a little bit more concrete and, um, you know, on paper type thing, um, like you mentioned, right, a lot of UFAs, I think there's going to be a lot of guys who are hungry, something to prove, and they want to still say that, hey, you know what, Boston is still relevant, and especially, you know, like I said, David Pasta, who's up for a new contract, you know, he's going to maybe he's waiting till the playoffs to see how he produces to leverage his, you know, dollar figure. So, um, Here, yeah, here's, we, here's what I find intriguing about last year's playoffs, uh, because, you know, where, you know, you, you think about it, like the Bruins didn't win in the first round. They lost in seven games to the Hurricanes. Well, check this out. This is I mean. We had three seven-game series, a full seven-game series in the Eastern Conference. And of those series, the all three game sevens were decided by a goal. Mm. And when you consider, hey, if, if things... I mean, at that point, I think we're all willing to say, like, that's, like, especially the Rangers-Penguins, that was an OT game. Like, that could have just as easily gone the other way. And uh, the Penguins could have been moving on. It could have been the Penguins, the Bruins, and the Leafs in the second round instead of instead of the other way around. Like it was very close to that. So you, you consider what the Bruins, how close the Bruins were last year, and you have to wonder: Does a year of Hampus Lindholm uh, meshing with that group? You know, they're going to get these guys back healthy, and it doesn't look like they're struggling to win <laughs> early on here. So, uh, I, I mean, they win their first two games. So you, you wonder how good can this group be together once they all come back healthy? Yeah, they look uh, they look a little revived. I mean, rejuvenated with David Krejci back there, right? I think he's bringing a different swagger and something that a guy like Eric Holla just couldn't bring on that second line. And when you have that, that flexibility, right? I think, you know, Krejci and Pasta, they have such good chemistry. And I think with 
you know, that tied in with Bergeron and, and Marchand having such good chemistry on that first line, there's so much flexibility there, and that just makes them even more dangerous, in my opinion, this go-around versus last year. Yeah, I mean, the other side of it is what's what's so different from this team adding Krejci from two years ago? Uh, and I, I think that what they've done, you know, they bring in Pavel Zaka. He's got something to prove. Uh, you you know, you bring in Hampus Lindholm. He's never really been, at least in a while, in a position where he gets to be the guy on a playoff team, you know, top defenseman, uh, other than this this past year's playoff run. Uh, but he gets a full year with the Bruins. Uh, he's, he's signed to a new contract. This is his, like, this is his blue line. Him and McAvoy, they own the blue line. And I, I think you've got a a team of a lot of guys that have a lot to prove. Because you mentioned it, 2011. That was 11 years ago. By the time the playoffs start, that's 12 playoffs playoff seasons ago. Uh, you know, I know the Bruins have been to the Stanley Cup Finals. It's not as if they're not successful in the playoffs. It's, I mean, it is freaking hard to win the Cup. To, to have one Stanley Cup under your belt is a beautiful thing. Uh, but Pasternak has no Cup. Hall doesn't have a Cup. You know, the only guys with Stanley Cups on this team are Krejci and Bergeron, I think. Am I right? No, Brad Marchand. Oh, Brad, Mar- Brad Marchand yep. was there. Yep. So, okay, so you've got three guys with Stanley Cups on this team, but that's by no means a team that isn't hungry to win. So that 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 would be where I, uh, you know, I kind of look at it and I go, wow, the, the Bruins are in this very unique position where they've got to be looking around like this. This is probably it, and we have to win. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting, too, because they don't have second-round picks this year or next. So if they're going to make a play, right, if they want somebody who's going to push the needle for this group, they're going to have to give up some futures, some first-rounders, right? I mean, Yeah, and do you really want to trade? Like, that's the other side. Do you want to trade that first-round pick when you know you probably are going to lose? I mean, let's say Bergeron comes back next year, fine. But within a couple of years, Bergeron's going to be gone and Marshawn's also not the youngest person in the world. He's 34 years old. Krejci's going to be gone. You you almost look at that 2023 pick, and I wonder if you look at it and say, we we have to keep that pick <laughs> right? <laughs> because of who we know is going to be in this draft. Well, you have to start prepping for the future sometime. I, I know, you know when Bergeron and you know, Krejci and Marchand, these guys are gone. You, you know, you basically have to hit the reset button or, you know, or at least, you know, a, a soft rebuild. Um, so you, you got to have some pieces there, right? You got to have some kids in the pipeline these days. You can't just go do it free agent style. And, you know, you can't hope that next year, you know, maybe a guy like Max Pecioretty or Ryan O'Reilly, you know, Patrick Kane, you can go out and re-sign all these guys and basically reload on the fly, right? I mean, it's just not going to happen. Um so who knows, right? I mean, yeah, ah. I mean, and and it's funny because when you look at back at the Bruins draft in uh, 2022 and uh, 2021, in uh, in 2022 their first three draft picks were centers, and in 2021 two of their first three picks were centers. So they're they definitely <laughs> like re- uh, yeah rearing up here for. Uh, certain guys to be to be out of here. Um, I mean, hey, with the Bruins, Charlie Coyle as a third line center is absolute money. With him as a first line center, I am taking the under all day. 
on whatever you've got with the Bruins. But uh, okay, we we haven't hit much on the defense. Uh, anything you want to add there? Uh, as far as like a like, I mean, obviously Matt Grizzlick, uh, he'll probably. I don't know if you're going to go Grizzlick and and McAvoy or uh, Lindholm and McAvoy, but you've got some nice pieces up there. Uh, I'd say that it's probably outside of they have they're very top heavy on their defense. You've got Lindholm, Grizzlick, and McAvoy, and after that, you kind of fall into this like you know they brought in Mike Riley. Uh, you know you've got Connor Clifton, Derek Forber, but. You you look at the rest of the deep and you go well that's definitely the spot where there's question marks. Yeah, I mean, and they, and they did bring in uh, Anton Strawman. They signed him to a one year one mil. Yeah, I will say though. Uh, oh, Brandon Carlo you know, as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I will say though. Uh, you know, I mean, what's more interesting to me with this defense is what is Jim Montgomery going to do with this defense, right? I, I'm curious. You know, now that. Uh, Bruce Cassidy's out of there. What kind of system is he going to bring? I haven't had a chance to watch any Boston games yet this year, so I don't really know. You know if they're if they're playing a little bit more structured game or if they're you know they're jumping up in the play a little bit more. I know Charlie McAvoy is going to be all over the ice regardless, but um, you know Jim you know, McAvoy, everything was going so well for him in Dallas before uh, you know he had the substance abuse deal go on and uh, he had to sure. he was let go. But uh, man. I know everybody talked about oh you know letting letting Cassidy go he's top five NHL coach you're not going to get a better coach and I I don't know we'll see Jim Montgomery might be the 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 push that this team needs just that little switch up uh, because things were going very well in Dallas when he was had taken over and so I'm I'm excited to see what he can do because I mean I I you know barring playing the Leafs in the playoffs, then I really am excited for them to lose. <laughs> yeah, I will I will say, regardless what he does with his defense, they've got two good goaltenders back there, right, that can bail out this defense. Sure, yeah. If they don't get shit, you know. And don't you don't have together. that Tuka Rask BS going on all year long. <laughs> Is he going to come back? Oh, he's, all right, time to send Schwayman to the, the minors. And, right. well, Schwayman's on a contract year, too, so right. this is, right. is going to be fun to watch him. Big year. Yeah, the Bruins may be uh, a the dark horse of this division. I, I know the, the sexy dark horse is probably Ottawa or Detroit, you know, the, the, but as far as a team that could win the Stanley cup, that is not really being talked about. It's probably the Boston Bruins. Uh, I guess that brings us to our floor and our ceiling. And uh, I, I suppose that I've just kind of tipped my hand uh, although, do I feel like the Bruins could will win a cup? No, but could things go the right way? Could they just mortgage the future based on Patrice Bergeron to give him one more run and go after? Like, is there a way they can reel in Patrick Kane? I think so. They've got four point six million cap space. They're they're getting a lot of cap space with these big names and expensive players on LTIR. I, there may be a way to bring in Patrick Kane to Boston and or or any other free agent, but especially Patrick Kane would be a an absolute insanity boost for this team. <laughs> so I think they could win the Stanley Cup, but I don't think they will. But I, I think that's probably their ceiling is like, 
they they've been to the cup finals before with this group so it has to be the stanley cup finals uh but i think a lot has to go right for that to happen i think their their floor is likely uh what happened last year right like they're going to be super competitive in a first round matchup and they just are a little bit too past their prime to be able to to beat one of these top teams if they end up in a position where they're a wild card team or the three you know they're they're going to be playing a good team no matter where they are and maybe they just they just don't have it anymore to win that round so that would be you know another game seven first round loss Okay. How about yeah. yourself? I, I think as far as a floor, just to start there, I mean, wild card team, right? I think, um, I really do think this team is going to be very competitive. I think they're going to be in the thick of it all year long. I think with what they have up front, what they have in net, I'm not worried about this team making a push for a wild card spot. Um, now, of course, the wheels could go off, injuries, all that other crap that we don't like to discuss with these could happen, and then they could. In which know, case, they've out. got a lot of UFAs they could deal. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I think with, you know, a few first round picks at, in hand and um, some cap space to work with, I think they're going to make a push to, to deal for somebody, whether it's Patrick Kane or somebody else, you know, who knows, um, you know, they'll, they'll bring somebody in. I, I don't think they'll go past the deadline with the group they have now. So I think you'll see someone else come in, preferably on the wing to maybe play with, you know, Pasta and, and Krejci, who knows. Um, and then, you know, beyond that, I think as far as the ceiling is concerned, I could see this team. Uh, winning a round, um, getting to the second round, maybe. But um, you know, right now, I just I think with the Carolinas, the Rangers, Florida, and Tampa Bay's of the world, I I'm really having difficulty, you know, going past that second round. Yeah, they could push it to seven games, but you know, a conference final, Boston Bruin team, I just I just don't see it. Okay, all right, that's fair. Yeah, I I think in order to get there, they'd have to probably spend some resources to acquire yep. players. Okay, uh, let's move on to the Ottawa Senators, who, uh, yeah, they 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 definitely made some moves in the off season. I think everyone was super pumped coming into the season. Things are looking good, and uh, so far, not so great. Owen two to start the season, although uh, again, two games. You know, two games in the middle of the season, no one cares. Two games at the start of the season, and it feels like hell is boiling over. Uh, what is your take on the additions that the Senators made of Claude Giroux, Alex Dabrinkit? Like, how much better are they actually going to make them over an 82 game season? Well, that's the question mark, right? 82 games. <clears throat> because, listen, I mean, new players always take time to gel with their teams. I, I think some, some guys can come in and, you know, they can fire on all cylinders right off the bat. Other guys are going to take, you know, 10, 15, 20 games to really, to really feel, you know, the other guy out, get that chemistry going. So, you know, Senator fans don't freak out just because, you know, the first few games haven't gone so hot. Um, but I think a guy like to bring it, you bring in a consistent goal score like that. You bring in somebody with the IQ, the hockey sense, and just the playmaking, playmaking ability of a Claude, Claude Giroux. I think over 82 games, you're going to see, a, I mean, an obvious improvement, but not only that, but I think it's, so great for some of these younger guys uh, to have a Claude Giroux in this locker room, a guy with proven leadership, proven skill, proven, you know, grit. He can go, you know, he's, he's been there battling the Sidney Crosby's in the playoffs before. So he knows the grind. He knows what it takes to go deep in the playoffs. He's been to the finals before. And so, um, you know, I think this is just 
a great signing for this team, and he, he's a player that wanted to be there, right? Um, yeah, you know, he's it, from there, and I, you know, I, I think whether they win with him or not, you know, or eventually, you know, he's he's signed there for three years. I would expect that they make the playoffs in those three years, uh, at least once. Uh, sure. I don't expect the Senators to be Stanley Cup champions in the next three years, but I do expect that if they ever are or they're ever that contender team, that you are going to look back on this time with Claude Giroux and people are going to be talking about what they learned from Giroux that is now having an impact on their team. You know, Much like Patrick Marlowe was talked about for the Leafs for so long, right? Um, I think Giroux has an opportunity to be that and – I, I mean, he's, at this point, a better player than Marlowe was when Marlowe was with the Leafs. Yeah, I will say if there's anybody who should be concerned on this team, uh, right now for me, the hot seat's got to be on head coach DJ Smith, I think. Um, you know, this team's in a prime spot right now with, you know, a guy like Alex DeBrinkin under a cost-controlled contract because I think he's going to be getting a raise and, you know, you just handed out a bunch of uh, yeah. massive extensions. Small raise for Alex. <laughs> Small Dabrinkit. race. For 40 goal, multiple 40 goal scorer, Alex it. <laughs> right. You gave Batherson, you gave Tim Stutzel, you gave, you know, Brady Kachuk, Norris. You gave all these guys massive extensions, so you're going to run out of money soon. So, um, you know, I, I can't say for sure whether or not I think they're going to figure out a way to fit Alex it into the equation past the season. $22 million in cap space for next year, so. yeah. But you got to also figure out that defense. You got to figure out your goaltending situation next year too, because Forsberg is the only goaltender signed. So um, you know maybe they want to save some of that money for depth players. But regardless, um, I, I do think you know. I mean, they would be stupid to let him walk. So um, yeah, he'll be matched you know, at least uh, one year. Right. So I I think for a guy who's been on the hot seat for a while, DJ Smith, I think this team is not going to be hesitant to pull the trigger to let him go and maybe try to go convince Barry Trotz to come in or somebody else to come in and take over this team quickly and try to turn things around because I do think the expectations have gone up a little bit um, as far as this group is concerned when you do bring in you know make a move and trade for a guy like Debrinkit you bring in Claude Giroux the expectations naturally have to go up and I think you know, with uh, with a coach who's been on the hot seat for a while, I think it, it wouldn't shock me with this this ownership group if they decided to make a change quickly. I think they like DJ Smith a lot. I I don't think that he's on the in my mind. I don't think he's on the on the hot seat. Uh, I don't think he gets fired. Like you know, barring a ten game losing streak to start the season, uh, I think that he's he's pretty safe. I think that they're going to give him the year, and if they don't make the playoffs, then next year I'd say yeah, that's going to be his deciding factor uh, but crazier things have happened <laughs> some right some teams are uh, trigger happy uh, by the way Alex Debrinkit, because of the way his contract is uh, constructed his qualifying offer is nine million for uh, next year so if Ottawa doesn't give him what he wants he can sign that one year nine million dollar deal and a become a UFA so he's going to make at least $9 million next year. We know that. Yep. Um, okay. Let's talk about this defense. Uh, I, I, what defense? <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, that's really where I, I, I look at this defense and I go, I mean, this is probably the worst defensive group in the national hockey league. I, 
I'm trying to think of a worse defense other than Montreal, <laughs> who who just doesn't have some of their players playing right now uh, with Maths and Hurt and you know. Other than that, I don't I don't know that there's a worse defense in the NHL, which is why you have so many people clamoring that they're going to get Jacob Chikrin out of Arizona because yeah. it's so it, obvious that they need a Chikrin. Yeah, that losing Chikrin would obviously make Arizona the worst defense, but I would still take their defense as a whole over this one. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it really – so when I look at this defense, right, we know what Thomas Shabbat is. He's, he's a – you know, he's a quality defenseman, not great, um, but he's a quality defenseman, maybe not worth 8 million bucks right now, but I don't think that's any fault of his. I think once he has some help, um, you know, and he has a good defensive partner, he could pan out to be a pretty yeah, good defenseman. Artem Zub's been pretty good along his side. I, I, yeah. I don't hate that pairing. Um, and Jake Sanderson looks fantastic, uh, but he's a rookie. Hey, right. remember, it's his rookie season. There's so few rookie defensemen that come in on to, especially now, when Kale McCarr, you go, well, Kale McCarr, uh, Kale McCarr, he, he was he was the rookie defenseman. Well, he played on the freaking Colorado Avalanche, who honestly could have won the cup two years ago, <laughs> and and they just happened to lose in that second round. But uh, the the Kale McCarr comparison to anything is not fair because he was on such a good team. Kale McCarr could be dropped onto Ottawa. Would Ottawa be much better? Of course. Would he do well? Yes, but. In his rookie season, would he have been as effective with the rest of the guys around him? Probably not. And he was, you know, there still was that like, uh, he's, he's not playing great defensively. He's just doing a lot offensively, and that, that boosts his numbers. But uh, he's become a much better defensive player as well. But you're, you're never going to get this ultimate defenseman as a, what, 20-year-old? Is what no, Jake Sanderson I mean, is? Because it's yeah. not going to happen. Teams get lucky, right? You can find those Quinn Hughes, those Mo Snyders, uh, you know, in the draft. But, um, you know, they're not everywhere, and you're not going to find them all the time, right? So if you get a guy who can come in there, give you 19, 20 minutes, and put up 30 points as a rookie defenseman, that's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, at 20 years old especially, right, they still got two, three years left to really develop into a true, you know, potential guy where you, you can look at him at that point and say, okay, he's 25. Um, he is what he is, right? You, you kind of figure out at that point, like where he's going and what he is going to be. Um, you know, cause most defensemen really, they don't really, they don't really like fully evolve until they're between 25 and 27 years old. Yeah. So you've, you've got time. Yep. Lots and lots of time. Um, okay. I, you got me thinking about Mo, Mo Schneider, Mo Sider. I was like, Oh, well, yeah, there's like the, he broke my, he broke my argument. <laughs> that you're not going to be good defensively as a 20-year-old. Well, guess what? He was last year, and that's why he won Rookie of the Year and will likely be in the Norris conversation here shortly. Uh, yeah, but again, those they, not every team can find them. They don't right? grow on so, trees. Yeah, right. they definitely yeah. don't grow on trees. Only Iserman's trees. <laughs> uh, but yes, this defense is what is ultimately going to and currently holding this team back. Uh, I don't even know if Ch- Jacob Chikrin is the answer. I, I mean, you, you've already got Shabbat, Sanderson, and Nick Holden all on the left side, and that's where Chikrin plays. So, where's Chikrin going to play with? Who is he going to play with? Uh, you, you're just—he. I don't think that he's the answer either. I think uh, there's there's got to be something else that you you take a look at because based on the resources you're going to have to give up. 
it's gonna bleed you somewhere else. Uh, so I don't I don't like that. So that's uh, I if I'm Ottawa, I'm going. You know what? We're sticking with this defense. We've got everyone's a UFA at the end of this year. Uh, Zaitsev has only one year left. We can just we'll bury him in the minors, or we'll just we'll we'll eat half his salary and deal him, whatever it may be. Uh, I think that yeah, you can you you know you get to build around Shabbat and Sanderson. There's no reason to trade important assets in the 2023 draft for a defenseman who you know may leave. That's the other thing is that these guys who get dealt there, there's no guarantee that they want to stay. Yeah, I mean, luckily for them, a, a Chikrin has some sure, term left. Like on five him, right? years but, left, yeah. But still, I mean, like, even if they go out and they try to make a play for, you know, maybe, say, a Matt Dumba in Minnesota or a John Kleenberg in, in Anaheim, right? These guys, like you said, they're UFAs after this year, so they could split, right? And for a team that is kind of on that brink of taking that next step towards playoff success and, you know, going deep, you don't want to risk long-term assets because, you know, again, if oh, for some reason – I mean, I don't know if for some reason, like it doesn't pan out. Right. Um, yeah. You, know, you don't maybe. want another scenario where the other team gets to, uh, gets to pick in the top five, gets right. Bowen Byram because you, <laughs> you wanted Matt Duchesne. Exactly. Well, that's a perfect example. Absolutely. And that was Pierre Dorian. Yep. That was perfect him. Example. That was him. Um, We'll, we'll 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 give him credit for the for the Carlson deal though. Even when Carlson was dealt, people were like, "Oh my gosh, that's still not enough for Carlson." And now Ottawa only has two top six centers and uh, and and a bunch to show for that deal. So not so bad. Uh, okay, let, should we do our our ceiling and floor for these Let's teams go. for this Let's team? Go. Give me your give me your ceiling and floor for the Senators. All right. As far as the ceiling is concerned, I'd say a wild card spot. Right. I think this team's got enough firepower up front um, and with a healthy can Talbot in net and Anton Forsberg, I think they're good enough to to sneak into a wild card spot right now. That obviously means that maybe a team like Boston or, um, you know, maybe Tampa, you know, have some misfortunes. Um, they're going to need a lot of luck to make that happen, especially with this defense. Um, but I think they could potentially sneak in. Right. They could be that that number five spot and maybe three teams out of the Metro only get in. Um, now again, uh, as far as a, a floor is concerned to me, I think this is, you know, a team that's, you know, probably more than likely going to miss the playoffs, but with, you know, Buffalo Detroit getting a little bit better and maybe Montreal being a little bit more competitive this year, I, I do think they're still at the bottom of this division when it's all said and done. I could still see Ottawa finishing seventh in this division. Okay. Uh, I, I agree with the, with the floor. Uh, they're not quite as bad as Montreal, but they're definitely not they're not there defensively and you have to expect over the course of an 82 game season that uh you know that there's injuries too and if you have any any injuries to that defensive core then you are in big 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 trouble uh so i i just i can't i i can't say that they're as bad as montreal but they definitely could finish towards the bottom of this division uh as far as the playoffs go I think the only way they're making the playoffs is if five make it from the Atlantic. Yep. I don't think that Boston, Florida, Toronto, and Tampa are going to all fall off that hard to where they end up in a position where they're missing the playoffs and they're watching Ottawa in there. I just don't see it yet. 
I I also the 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 hard part is I really don't see only three teams from the Metro making the playoffs. That's I mean, I don't know. I mean, I look at be an unusual Jersey. scenario to me. I mean, I, I <laughs> right now look it almost Washington, seems like, like Philly might make the playoffs. I mean, my God, right? And playing. if Philadelphia <laughs> is in that position, then you have to think that Pittsburgh, Philly, Carolina Rangers, you know, or the Islanders or the Capitals. Like there's there's six teams in that division that are are still very highly likely to make the play like to be in a a playoff position. And if you're if you've got that many teams that are doing well, you're gonna get four teams in. I just so I, I, I don't see I don't see the the five teams from the Atlantic. Uh, but I think Ottawa could finish five. Uh, I, I think most likely they're in a little battle. It'll be them, Detroit, and Buffalo all battling for maybe the possibility of that final wild card spot. And uh, I hope that we have a race this year. That's what I want that would be so nice. badly is a race. Not uh, a thirty some, point spread between four and five yeah, again. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't want to know who's going to make the playoffs at my New Year's Eve party. <laughs> I want to know on my birthday, which is April tenth. Beautiful. Uh, okay, let's go to the Florida Panthers for our, our last team of the day. The Florida Panthers obviously make the uh, biggest trade maybe in the last, I don't know, 20 years. Uh, I don't know what the what we'd look back to as the next biggest trade. But never has 200-point players been dealt for each other. And uh, Matthew Kachuk ends up on the Florida Panthers. And uh, this team is going to be good. We just wonder how good are they going to be in comparison to last year for the regular season, just regular season, not playoffs at this point, but the regular season where, where do you see them in comparison to last year? Yeah, that's the thing. They, they make this deal to be better built for the playoffs and not necessarily the regular season. Right. Um, my biggest question mark is on this back end with a guy like Mackenzie Weger leaving now. Because to me, I think he was one of the more underrated number two defensemen in the NHL. Um, and clearly, I mean, Calgary knew what they were getting. They, they get him locked up to a, a long-term uh-huh. deal now. And, uh, man, I think Florida's going to be kicking themselves on letting him go. Although, I, you know, maybe they couldn't have figured out any other way to get it done without including him in the deal. But, man, I just I, – I, I think, you know – Their defense with, took a big hit. Yeah, when you look at what's, you know, I mean, you've got, don't get me wrong, I like Mark Stahl as a number six, number seven defenseman, but now he's playing second line minutes because you don't have that Mackenzie Weger in there. And, you know, when, when push comes to shove and you've got to play Tampa, when you have to play, uh, you know, the Boston Bruins and these high scoring, you know, offensive teams, is Mark Stahl the answer on your second line? No. Yeah. Is Racco Gudis the answer? No. So basically, you know, yes, Ekblag, Forsling, I'll, I'll throw them out all day. I, I'm, I'm comfortable with that that group there. But once you get beyond that, I have question marks. And I think Brandon Montour is a, a, a fine defenseman. He's good enough. But, yeah. um, you know, I'm, I don't know. It just, it's just you have so to many think that they're, they, they will be looking to add a defenseman. Uh, but we've we've played this game before. There, there are not a whole lot of UFA defensemen coming up right. that, that you're really excited about. Like yeah, there, there's there's player there's always players that you can scoop up, but it's it, are they going to have a, a positive impact? Uh, the the Florida Panthers have no first round picks for the next three years, 
So there's that. I mean, of course, you know, there's there are UFAs that will be there in John Klingberg. I think there's going to be a lot of competition for him. Uh, I mean, he would be a great fit for the Panthers. Uh, but I just I think there's going to be so much competition that a first round pick is going to be the first thing. Like you aren't getting him for less than a first round pick in my mind. Uh, right. There's other guys out there like Shane Gostasphere, uh, maybe Oscar Clefbaum. I don't know. If but is Gostasphere getting? Is he getting dealt for less than a first round pick? Likely not. Honestly, if he has another year like he did last, he's playing year, 25 right? minutes a night, 24 minutes a night for the for the Coyotes right now. He's yeah, he's killing it for them, and and putting up points on a garbage team. I know, but uh, he's he's he has a role. Uh, eight shots in the first two games of the year for him. Pretty good. Yeah, he he looks good, right? And so maybe you have to go look, you know, at a team like you know Ottawa with Nick Holden at 36 years old, right? There's a left-handed guy. Uh, you know, maybe Detroit with Ole Mata at some point, but these guys aren't needle pushers, right? They're not. Well, yeah, ex- exactly. You know, those kind of defensemen that are really going to make that big of a difference, right? Right. Yeah. No one so, where you go, oh, that guy will help us in the playoffs big time. Other than, of right. course, guys at the top. You know, Matt Dumma is a UFA. Is there a chance, a small chance that? I mean, of course, if Minnesota is where they are right now, which is in seventh. Granted, after two games, but holy balls, they let in 14 goals in the first two games of the season. And uh, Matt Zuccarello said that he feels like he his the defense is a junior hockey team. Uh, <laughs> he said, I think we're playing defense like a junior hockey team. Dude, uh, I listened to an interview with Marc-Andre Fleury, and he used the word stupid like 18 times. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even Arizona has managed to keep fewer goals out of their net uh, in those two games. Fun. I mean, granted, Minnesota has scored nine goals in two games. It's just they've led in fourteen, so uh, they're not not all as lost. It's not as if they're you know letting in a t- or can't score and letting in a bunch. Uh, I'm I'm sure they'll write this ship quickly. But uh, if Minnesota isn't in a playoff spot, or you know things aren't looking like. They're going to make it. I mean, you got to think that Matt Dumba is going to get dealt. And you know, maybe he'd be the answer. But again, a first-round pick is going to be front and center for a Matt Dumba. And the Florida Panthers don't have it. So, I mean, maybe you give up your first-round pick in, what, 2026? <laughs> That's their next. They have no none in 23, 24, or 25. So 26. I don't know how far ahead you can go dealing your picks. How far ahead can you go? I don't know. I don't see why there's any limitation. I'll give you my 2040 first round pick. Hey, I'll tell you what. They're they're dealing 10 years, you know, picks 10 years from now. I'll tell you what, I'll be dead. So you can have my 2060 pick first round pick. I'll be fired by then. Unprotected. (laughs) (laughs) I'll make it unprotected, okay? (laughs) Oh, dear. Um, Okay, well, as as far as where you think this Florida Panthers team is, can land complete like I guess what I'm trying to say is the regular season I don't think we we think they're going to finish with 122 points right no I, I not I winning the president's the trophy this year no yeah I don't I don't see them as a president's trophy team I I you know I mean we'll we'll probably talk about you know Toronto up there and you know we'll get to them on our next show um but you know I I think you know again they're just more concerned at this point similar to Tampa is just getting in, right? I think they want to obviously develop some chemistry, see what, you know, where Matthew Kachuk best fits, who he's best, you know, playing aside and, 
get their line combos back, get Anthony Duclair back healthy, get everybody firing on all cylinders by, you know, the time trade deadline rolls around, and then they can, you know, just start wheeling and dealing, you know. And But to me, I, I think this team is just more concerned about, you know, finding balance, finding chemistry, and finding, you know, who fits best where and, um, you know, what pieces maybe they need to add before the deadline. Okay. Yeah, I – I got to think that they're they're actively <laughs> they've got their eyes open for a defenseman. Uh, you have to think that. I mean, beyond their top pairing, I mean, it's just it's just uh, tough pickings out there. Uh, as far as a player who may have a good year that we're not uh, maybe familiar with uh, or hasn't had a good year before, uh, can I can see Lusterin uh, Lewis. Dereinen? Luce Dereinen, right? Luce Dereinen. Luce Dereinen. Uh, he already has two points in two games this year. Uh, I think he's going to exceed that 26 points that he put up last season in 78 games. He only had two points all playoffs last year. Uh, and he is getting he's getting some some looks uh, up in the top six. And, and I think that if he can put together something, uh, that could be their this year's Mason Marchment kind of thing for them. Um, I guess I sorry he's playing with uh, Anton Lindell, who had a really nice season uh, last year too, and with Colin White. So uh, with this Florida team, you're just gonna—I mean—you've got an opportunity to to score. There's just such good skaters on this team. They're so fast, and you, you're gonna get your opportunities. He maybe is my like, oh, he could be Mason Marchment of last year. Yeah, one guy I'm looking at. You mentioned his name, Anton Lindell. Um, had a pretty nice little season, forty-four points and sixty-five for a, for games. For a rookie season, too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Could maybe could have been a little bit better had he stayed healthy the whole year. But um, you know, I, I think you know one assist through two games right now. I think he's poised to potentially come in and steal some minutes from a guy like Sam Bennett. Potentially move up into that second line. Maybe see you know Matthew Kachuk along his wing at some point this year. Because I, again, I think he plays a really good, smart two-way game. And he's he's young, he's fast, he knows how to you know knows how to dish the puck, and so I think you know he has the potential to move up and down this lineup very easily. And so you know maybe if Sam Bennett has you know another I don't want to say mediocre season like he did last year, but to me I think you know 49 points was was fine, uh, you know for what this team was doing. I, I think it kind of underwhelmed a little bit, and in the playoffs only three points. So I think if you know if he starts to slip it you know a little bit, it's it's. It's more than possible you could see Lundell come in there and sneak up to that second line center spot. Sure, yeah, they've they've got uh, they've have got everything. I mean, and Anton Lundell is centering that second power play as well. Sam Bennett is on the wing for that, so you know, you've, you're going to get opportunities. Lundell is he's being used everywhere. I mean, he's on that first penalty kill unit. He's on the second power play unit. I I mean, he's going to get his time on ice and. Uh, the way that he skates, it's. It, I mean, he's he may be more important than uh, than any other player outside of Kachuk and Barkov because of what he can bring to the table and his. I mean, at 21 years old, centering that third line, he was playing some really good defensive hockey last year. Uh, it's not yeah. too often that a a 20 year old comes in and beats out. Sasha Barkov for that top penalty killing unit centerman. Like he's right. He's very good defensively and sort of, 
in that ilk of a Sasha Barkov. Just not the not the same high end skill, uh, not quite as big, but he. Well, maybe not yet, right? Not, not I mean, yet. Yeah. Yeah, you could see it. And but here's the other thing, though, too. We we don't really even mention if Florida wants to go far in this division, right? The way they had the the division playoffs set up, you know, Toronto, Tampa, Boston. They have really good third-line centers, right? Toronto's got David Kempf. I love him at that third-line center spot. Tampa Bay's got Anthony Sorelli, Braden Point, Steven Stamkos, Boston. You're looking at Krejci Bergeron and Charlie Coyle. So these teams all have really – they're really deep at the center position. And so I think if Florida wants success, a guy like Anton Liddell is going to be so key for this team. I love it. Uh, Okay, well, let's go uh, ceiling and floor for this team. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, as far as the ceiling is concerned, let's just start there. I think they could potentially make it to the Stanley Cup Finals. Okay. Do I think they're a, a final winner? I'm going to say no right now. Um, I That back end with that defense right now just worries me a little bit too much. Um, you know, I, I know they, they would like to bring in another, another piece there, and so maybe they do. And if, you know, say they bring in a guy like, you know, John Klingberg or, you know, Jacob Chikrin, who knows uh, if they find a way to, to work that out, you know, then my story might change a little bit. I could put them, you know, in that conversation, but for now I'll just go Stanley cup final. So, um, okay. and then as far as the floor is concerned, I mean, it's a first round loss for me, uh, you know, depending on who they match up against, if, you know, they, they play, you know, play the wrong team, get the wrong matchup and say, you know, Spencer Knight or Bobrovsky aren't playing to their best. And, you know, again, with this defense being what it is, um, you know, outside that top pairing, you know, I, I had my question mark. So, you know, they could potentially falter and maybe, you know, Kachuk just never gets chemistry with anybody this year. And then, you know, the wheels all fall off. So. This division is just so, so tough because you've got, I mean, as far as these teams that like the Leafs, they, they haven't been able to get out of the first round. Florida's only done it once since 1996. Uh, right. It's There's these teams where you're like, Gosh, whoever plays them or whoever they play, like, there's just a lot of tension. Whereas other divisions, it's like, yeah, I mean, Vegas has won recently. Calgary's won rounds. Edmonton's won rounds now. Uh, Los Angeles is new. Like, there's not a lot of this, like, wow, they have to win or they are screwed. Like, if Dallas doesn't win in the first round, fine. You know, there, you look at the Central, what team losing in the first round is like, the end of the world. I mean, it would su- like for Colorado, they'd be pissed if they lost in the first round, but they just won the Stanley Cup, and you know, it is what it is. Uh, maybe Minnesota would be in that ilk, uh, but they also have this excuse of, well, we have no money. Uh, <laughs> in the Metro, there's really no team where you're like, oh, everything is just going to go to hell if they lose in the first round again. I might throw Carolina in that conversation, but still. Um, yeah, yeah. I, but Carolina has been to the conference finals a couple years. Like, it's not as if they haven't been there. It doesn't mean no. that a coach won't get fired. But as far as that, especially Toronto, but Florida to a certain extent too. I mean, Florida did just fire their entire coaching staff because they lost in the second round. Well, right. That's the one thing we didn't even mention. Right? They have a whole new head coach, whole new system in here. So you know, uh, it's not like they're going to go clean house again after this year. But um, man, you know. I Big expectations think, for Paul Maurice for sure. Yeah, yeah. And and he he has it's been a minute like since he was in the playoffs and relevant with Winnipeg. Uh you wonder how much was his system and you know, could, is he really that much better than Andrew Brunette was last year? I don't know. I don't know. That'll be I 
there's there's a lot of people who would say no, <laughs> he's not, he's not a better coach, and uh, so we'll, we'll see what he can do differently with this group that he just couldn't seem to to capture with the Winnipeg Jets, and uh, and maybe I don't know if his coaching style will adjust or change a little bit so that the problems that have occurred in Winnipeg don't happen here in Florida. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, okay. Uh, oh, did I get my ceiling floor? I don't think I did. You did not. No. Uh, I think that my my ceiling is a conference final bid uh, for the Florida Panthers. I, I think they could they could potentially go there. Uh, I think that's it's a it's tough to see this team getting past the second round. Uh, I can see them. I can see them winning the division again. Uh, not with 122 points, but I can see them winning the division again and beating that wild card team, and and then running into Tampa or Toronto or Boston and losing. Uh, but I I I don't see them going further than the conference finals. Uh, I don't see them beating out some of those teams in the Metro either. Jeez, uh, it's almost I maybe I don't see them going past the second round. Um, I think that's where I'm at. I just don't think their defense is good enough. And uh, as far as their floor. I I think that they're they're like a, a a wild card, maybe a wild card team. Uh things don't go as well as as expected and you don't get the, you get the Bobrovsky from 2 years ago because he seems <laughs> to have good year bad year. He's Craig Anderson, good year bad year, good year bad year. Uh, and I know you've got Spencer Knight behind him, but uh this defense is if there's any injury, it's like Ottawa. If there's any injuries here, it's going to be a big problem because you don't just don't have the depth. And I think that's going to hold them back. Uh, I think in the long term, they are probably in a better position with Matthew Kachuk. But this season, losing Huberto and Uyghur just sets them back uh, at least a year, I think, in my mind. Okay. All right. Well, there's the uh, second part of the Atlantic Division preview we are going to get to the detroit red wings and the toronto maple leafs in our next preview and uh, then we're done with the national hockey league we're donezo completo and we can get on and talk about whatever's happening in the moment uh you know by the time we're by the time we're done we're gonna be like all right it's the quarter mark <laughs> quarter mark <laughs> no no we'll we'll get it done before then uh justin any final thoughts before we sign off today Oh, oh man! Uh, just let's let's just keep up the high scoring hockey. I mean, I, I love love watching these games, and uh, that's the beginning of the season. Always, I know. you know. There's usually, but that's I'll, the one thing they talked about, right? The the league was so high scoring last year at a rate it it hasn't been in so long. Is it going to continue? Uh, and so I just I want that to continue. So let's let's keep it up. Yeah, yeah, I, I and I think that it will. I I don't think that goalies or shooters are finally they're taking the edge over the goalies. And I think Agreed. Uh, it's been been fun to watch. Um, fantasy hockey, uh, I I'm excited to to finally be going. Uh, we're not going head to head this week, uh, but I'll be keeping an eye on you. <laughs> I I see that your team I think had the highest estimated point total for the week. So uh, I I you know I'll I'll give props to the to the machine. They think you're going to win, beat everyone this week, but uh, just don't forget to set your lineup because I did in another league and Sidney Crosby had a two goal, one assist or something like that, or a three point night, tons of shots on goal, 
and I freaking forgot to set my my roster. Well, I will say this: luckily, our our league is not uh, where it's like you know the point total where you just, the what's the rotisserie where you just have, play everybody every you know every week um, and you get points based off that. It's it's head to head still, which is good. So um, yeah, I think I'm looking at it right now. My my projected point total is five thirty two. And the person I'm playing is 4'11", so uh, we'll see how that goes. Theoretically, you should win. Theoretically, yes. Theoretically. Although, I will say this, my fantasy football league, I'm 1-4 in four right now, and I've been projected to win every single week. <laughs> I've only Dude, got one worst. win to show for it. That's Dude, the worst. The worst do I ever. Do I have too many? Ask yourself this question. Do I have too many goalies in our league? Because I have uh, Darcy Kemper, Georgiev, Grubauer, Markstrom, and Matt Murray. <laughs> I've got four. Yeah. I've but Matt Murray's Dem- on my IR, so that's yeah. why. Okay. I was like, yeah. well, I'll just put him on the IR. I've got Demko, Hellebuck, Vasilevsky, and Aiden Hill. Yeah, yours are ridiculous. You spent all your early picks on goalies, so good sure for you. Sure did, buddy. Good for you. All right, well, that's our <laughs> show. Find us on at OT Hockey Talk. Let us know how your fantasy team is doing and what you think of our Atlantic Division preview. We will talk to you very soon. Have a great night.